0: Hey, so if you're a coach, a consultant, or a service provider, and you want repeat business, who wouldn't want repeat business? Then you're going to want to listen to this week's episode because I want to show you, I want to teach you a little lesson I've learned over the last few months. Have you ever heard a story that just made you feel, wow, I'm ready, I'm fired up? A story that captures everyone's attention and gets you to spread it to all your friends? Or how about a story that creates real impact and connection with the audience? why do stories do this and how can we recreate stories like this in business i've been obsessed with figuring these questions out i've been starting and failing multiple online businesses now for two years struggling to find an audience i truly wanted to serve it wasn't until i discovered my dream customers were struggling with these exact questions except i didn't know where to find these people I hopped on a plane to the US to attend a marketing conference that I met my dream customers and I saw firsthand how powerful stories really are. After that, I went all in on my hunch. If you're looking for the real secrets behind how stories can get your audience fired up to take action and to change their lives through your words, this podcast is for you. My name is Jules Dan and this is Storytelling Secrets. Hey, what is going on? It is... Jules Dan here, back from Storytelling Secrets. So glad you joined me here for today's Monday episode. I really love my Mondays because uh, it's my podcast and I can report on whatever I want Um, and... If you've been following me, usually it's I've been reading during the week and I've read something and it it triggered some sort of memory or I always spin it back to something that can always help you that's related to me. Um, And this week isn't necessarily all about storytelling or story selling or using stories in your marketing or anything like that. Um, But it is a little business tip that I've learned um, and I'm sure many people have experienced this before and they've done it the wrong way like I have and it repeatedly costs you uh, money your bank and quite honestly, it ruins your reputation if you get this wrong. So, are you ready for what the big reveal is? Okay, it's not very sexy but it's client communication and the reason why I said this is is because um, two years ago, when I was doing Facebook ads for local businesses, it's my first little stint in being a service provider. I was, I was, how old old was I? I'm 26 now, so I was about 24. And oh my God, I'm embarrassed by how bad my client communication was. It is hands, I would have gone so much further had I implemented the tips I'm going to share with you today. Um, And if you're not already doing this, please do it. And if you're already doing this, just, it's, you know, it's a good tick to make sure you're on the right path. Um, and I'll give you a few examples. So a couple times when I was doing, um, Facebook ads for local businesses, I, I'd, sit, I'd, I'd shoot across a text and then I'd get nothing back. Um, and it'd be like, I send a message saying like, I need this piece of media from you to create an ad and it would take a week to get back from the client. And then, um, being as a stubborn person as I would, I would not reply back for a week myself, sort of just mirror it. And yes, you can't be a doormat and you, and reply to them straight away. Like that is how you lose your persuasive power. I would definitely go and read The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Green. That's a great book. Um, but anyways, yeah, just not Okay, so you want to reply to them promptly, but not like instantly. So you want to have a little bit of a delay so people can respect your time at least. Um, But anyways, that's not what I was doing at all. I just was just ignoring them. Um, and that's a horrible way to do business and I've been, quite frankly, very embarrassed by that. It, it's, I'm, I'm okay to be public about this now because I've turned things around and um, I've had a few more successes since then um, doing the right things, which is what you want to do. Um, it wouldn't make sense for me to say, Conf- confess all my mistakes and then not changed it. <laughs> so, here's, here's a good change. So, um, all right. So, how, how do you improve your client communication so you can get repeat customers? it's so simple. (laughs) And um, the tip that I learned from my mentor, Pete Godfrey, he's on episode 27, by the way. And the tip he taught me is the copy is secondary to how the client feels about you. Okay. So I'll say it again. The copy is secondary to how the client feels about you, and this guy's been doing it for 22 years, he's been doing client work still to this day for 22 years, I think I'm going to take a lesson from his playbook when it comes to handling clients, and that doesn't mean talking to them, missing the messages, hey, it's on track, hey, um, how are you going, hey, how's your kid doing, it, it's just courteous, um, in the loop sort of communication, and I've, he, he just said, you know, keep them updated on when they're going, maybe once or twice during the week. The day before you hand in your thing, I would 100% send them a message saying, hey, everything's on track, um, you'll expect it in your inbox tomorrow, really enjoyed writing it. Just little seeds of, hey, I can you, you're playing the seed in the person's mind, the client's mind that, hey, I can trust this person, this person's not going to ghost me, I'm not... You just want to eliminate all feelings of, is this person going to deliver? Is this person going to ghost me? All these thoughts are flying around your client's head. You instantly want to eliminate that. And the beauty of client communication, I found, was that especially if people are quite skeptical when they hire you at first, um, here's one of the benefits you can uh, spin this around because Pete has really taught me to try and maximize my earning potential whenever um, someone comes to me saying, I want this written or let's just give you an example. One person said like, I want a promo email written for, for a launch series. And I'm like, okay. So, and they want an outline first. And you're not going to argue with what they want first. You're not going to say, no, you shouldn't have that. You should have this. Unless you're some really high up, credible author or on stage speaker like, I get it, but if someone's just coming to you and they're like, I want this, like, give it to them and then win their trust and then suggest the next thing. I'll give you an example. Okay. So, this person um, is a a digital agency that I'm currently writing for Um, and she wanted first an outline and then she wanted, obviously, some launch emails. So, I created the outline first um, and, and as I submitted it, I um, Pete suggested, "Like, look, you really, you really needed to have a pre-launch because there's no, there's no excitement, there's no hype um, coming into this launch. It's just so out of the blue." So he's, he told me, "I want you to go the- and message them and just politely say, you know, you should be having a teaser email, his benefits, and just drop that after you hand in your work." And I was like, "Okay." So then I just. That here's a message directly. I almost said, I just submitted the new outline. It got me thinking. We're going um, because we're going straight into launch. What do you think about doing a, t- uh, a doing a few teaser emails sent to blank list beforehand? You know, get them excited for what's to come, so it doesn't come as a full surprise. Otherwise, no stress. Launch emails are already underway and on track for the deadline. And then she's like, "Great, I'm open for an idea for a teaser email." And that was a, that was some extra money for me just from. Good communication, delivering what they want, and then you know uh, offering a suggestion of extension of the strategy, Um, and that is basically today's topic. (laughs) So just to recap, you know, always having great client communication, uh, just keeping them in the loop, making sure that you've got the work done, and prompt and courteous sort of message before the thing's due. And once you hand it in, if it's like a Band-Aid sort of thing, whatever you have, there's going to be more and more and more that you're going to send them through, right? So, thinking about, okay, I hand them what they want, but in the mind, keeping in mind that this is probably only a Band-Aid for what they really need. Once you hand it to them win their trust, with all your communication, that's when you suggest something else. Um, and that's a little tip that I learned the last few months. It's actually really, really, been helpful. I've used it quite a lot now. Um, and it's perfect. It, it works so well. You know, it, it just makes a lot of sense. When they trust, suggest something else. And they'll say yes, rather than me, like, you need to have this $5,000 package which does uh, ads, emails, funnels, direct mail. Like, no, just <laughs> start out small, especially if you don't have. A lot of credibility like myself to start off with to say like it's 5k or the highway basically um, but anyways that's it for this and there's one little thing I wanted to cover extra as well I guess it's like just a bit of a talk back radio one-on-one here with Jules uh, I said last week i would be experimenting with uh, LinkedIn stories I'm gonna need more time to report back to you with something useful because to be honest I don't think enough people are on the platform using it enough So, I've been spying on what everyone's doing. I've been doing it every day myself. I've been modeling a lot of what really good TikTok videos do, which is sort of like a time-lapse, some tips, um, and a voiceover. They just seem to just pull people in on TikTok. I've been watching quite a few to see what the pattern is. That seems to be the pattern. Um, And I'm doing that. I'm mixing up with like short video tutorials, time-lapse things, uh, behind the scenes, talking head, not talking head. And there's only like five or six or seven people who view it. It's purely just not enough people are even aware that they need to update the app, for instance, so they can get the LinkedIn stories. I guarantee you that is 100% why or people are just on their uh, desktops more than they are on their mobiles because they're at home, like so many reasons. So, I'll get back to you on sort of results, strategies, strategies. Um one thing i notice everyone's doing quite poorly is engagement. So they'll just be like push 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 instead of asking for a question or asking for a response when there's a little message box in the bottom. So at the end i always wrap it up with something like have you got a question? Do you have a suggestion? Um always bring it back to the audience just like you would on uh, Instagram stories. I'm not an Instagram stories expert but that's just what i've been finding. So if you're on LinkedIn And I did actually get a few people replying back saying, yep, this is really good, keep on track. Um, Always ask for engagement at the end of the stories, I always think. And that way people will come back. Anyways, that's it for today's episode of Storytelling Secrets. Hope you enjoyed it. Take a little biz tip with you and I'll see you on Thursday. Bye.